I don't know what I'm talking about. That usually tends to be the case. Did you not read Slack? No, of course not. What, what are you, slacking off? No, I, I, <laughs> I, I have a very, very good do not disturb thing that kicks in at like 8 o'clock. And I just ignore the world at that, after that point in time. Wise man. Let's do this. Welcome, dear listener, to the Kiki Cast. Today is, I don't know what day is it, Thursday, May 12, 2022. We're your host on the pod, Zach Mayer and Raul Torres. Say, gentlemen, how soon are you going to leave the room? I have no idea. I, no. I will let you know when I get a text. About a minute. <laughs> and this, dear listener, is Quest 269. What are the biggest box office flops in the past, I don't know, X years, N years, uh, Gentlemen, I have a spreadsheet. We could do the last couple. We could do the 2010s. We could do whatever we want. What What is defined as a flop? Excellent question uh, from my co-host Raul Torres over there. So, dear listener, a box office flop <laughs> would be the movie took X number of dollars to make. It only made Y numbers at the box office, and the delta between those two is negative. Now... This doesn't take into account things like merchandising. This doesn't... Uh, some of the lists online actually do try to take into account marketing. So kind of how we how we pick and choose the numbers, we could actually get into a little bit in the different films. But it basically means financially on the spreadsheet, lost money. This doesn't mean that it's bad. doesn't mean that it's good. doesn't mean that it's artsy. doesn't mean that it was whatever. It just literally means it lost money on the balance sheet. This is lost all gross money. to gross, right? Like... There's a lot of funky Hollywood accounting that goes into like, oh yeah, if you're an actor in this film, you make 20% of the net, but the net is always zero because <laughs> money laundering, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, movies are like that. They're weird. Yeah, and that's where like I, I don't totally know. I got a list off of Wikipedia. I then did some extra math and an extra <clears throat> column because I wanted to... Be like, well, wait, this kind of implies marketing numbers that so, some did and some didn't. And I was like, I don't know what the hell this is. So I did I did a few minutes of homework, gentlemen. That is that is well prepared for the QQ cast. So that I'm gonna make is a couple extremely well prepared. of predictions then. I'm going to guess the tops are going to mostly be rom-coms that have like big budget names that no one saw. Because I think what's, what's the one that always gets brought up all the time? It's like the Ben Affleck one. Is it Geely or Glee Gigi. or something? Yeah, I Gigi. think that's going to be on the list. Geely, Geely, I um, don't Bad movies usually don't make those lists because, like, yeah, they may be expensive, but, like, usually, like, action-y movies, like, I, people show up when to go see Moonfall, right? I mean, minus all the COVID weirdness, like, the moon is falling, like, it's just popcorn movie. People see those, so those those tend to not make it. It's usually just the big-name ones, I think. So that, those are my guesses. Well, uh, we can find out, but I guess, gentlemen, we, what we need to pick is the range. There's a bunch of news you guys want to get to. Zach has to go get food. Really, you have to go get family. I have to sit here and get... Um, taboo. Uh, I have to pet Taboo. There you go. Hey, that is that is a job in itself. So how, how many movies... Job. That is. Thank you. How, how many movies would you like to go to? Let's just do, let's just do the worst of the worst. Top 10 worst of the worst. Worst of the worst ever? Oh, Lord. I mean, are, are they relative to, like... 
anything within the past decade? Or is it going to be like, well, in the 1970s, when the talkies were going away, or something like that? Well, that's a great question. Hold on, let me freeze the top three rows of this spreadsheet so they'll stop sorting. While you do that, um, I'm going to just jump ahead news to kill fill in the dead air. My Chemical Romance just came out with a new song. You know that I edit the dead air out, right? So there's, there is no dead air. That's the beauty of editing. Sir. Do you think I ever listened to the podcast that I'm in? I was there when it happened. I didn't even listen to any okay, of that stuff. One, you're missing you're out on all the funny sound the effects. Magic to me, which. Uh, <laughs> and two, you don't have to listen to it to know that I fucking edit dead air out of it. Come on. Why would you do that? Why, why would you do that, Tom? Why would you spend your time? Because it's so easy. <laughs> Fine. I'm just going to wait here silently, but no one will know my ability to wait patiently on you, Tom, quietly without talking okay fine all right so biggest <laughs> box office flop so there's a lot here um oh wait that was by the gross i sorted the wrong column excel is hard okay i have i have my list here but again some of these numbers don't entirely make sense so okay do you guys want to do the top five sure hooray five Okay, coming in at number five is the Eddie Murphy 2002 classic, The Adventures of Pluto Nash. The Adventures oh. of what? Pluto I, Nash. I remember, this is one of those movies that like had a pretty decent um, poster. I think that's all I remember of the movie. <laughs> it's literally just Eddie Murphy sitting in front of the camera. I don't know that's a great poster, but. I mean, it's, it's the spacesuit. The spacesuit is cool. Okay, in theory. 2002 it looks it looks very comic oh wow <laughs> plus he's you, doing the eyebrow thing come on are we are we doing the budget and box office reveal uh yeah go ahead and we'll see if it lines up with my spreadsheet uh looks like it was made with a budget of 100 million dollars which jesus i guess this was peak eddie murphy but <laughs> no, this whatever was, this was post peak eddie but this was like yeah, the crash yeah. yeah, this is this is very much we're speculating on Eddie Murphy as an asset, and oh no, our <laughs> our staple nice comedian just crashed. Uh, budget of a hundred million, box office seven point one million. Jesus, that's, that's a big delta. Yeah, right. So is that uh, also setting the stage that everything after this list lost more than ninety three million dollars? <laughs> because that is also terrifying. Rosario Dawson was in it. Uh, that's so sad so yeah, yeah this one uh according to my spreadsheet also accounted for only three million dollars of um uh, potential marketing budget which seems really low so i imagine this isn't entirely accurate but yeah just the, the concept here it made a you know a hundred million dollar movie and it made seven. Oh god that's bad i never saw this i heard terrible things um rosario dawson has had a really interesting and long career she was in this way back then um I don't know. I, I have nothing to add about this film other than poor Eddie Murphy. So, okay. All right, uh, moving on. Zach, are you still good on food, sir? I am consuming it as we speak. Oh, he left and came back. Dear listener, what a magician. Okay. Uh, I, I may take my break now real quick because I heard the garage door. Uh-oh. Give me, give me two minutes. I'm going to mute it. Pause. Pause. Actually, you know what, Zach? You and I could talk about this next movie for a while. So maybe we should just do number four together. I'm down. Uh, number four if we go on long this enough, list. We can still get Ruli's opinion. Oh, we can when he gets back. But uh, it's the 1999 classic that we have talked about on this podcast, starring Antonio Banderas, the Thirteenth Warrior. 
Oh man, that's such a good movie though. I know I enjoy it, and I also that's one like. Of the f- it's in, one of in, the few that I'll like go back and rewatch. Yeah, and what's really weird is that in this list right here, um, it actually like references being at the number one spot, which I don't. Again, all these numbers are a little weird; they're all a little fuzzy. Uh, the estimated loss is anywhere between seventy billion to hundred billion, seventy million to one hundred thirty million, according to just the raw math that I did. It was a hundred million, so right in the middle of that range. So there's a lot of unknowns here because the budget for this was was also unknown, anywhere from a hundred million to one hundred sixty million. So. It's really vague. This might be, like, the biggest loss of all time. It might not. It's really hard to say. Yeah, I mean, losing a losing $20 million on a movie is one thing. Losing $100 million is another. And, yeah, I see that same budget range. It's super weird. And, like, um, I guess... I, I Oh, this is kind of nice. They have professional ratings for the, uh, um, the soundtrack. And it's either a 2.5 or a 4 star, depending on which experts you go with. I thought the soundtrack was nice. Yeah. Oh, but Antonio Banderas was great. But Yeah, Antonio Banderas is awesome. This is directed, it's it's based on a Michael Crichton book. It's direct, yep. but directed by John McTiernan, the amazing action director who did Die Hard, Predator. Um, mm-hmm. so this had a movie had a lot of stuff going for it. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you know, you know, I don't want to talk ill. I, I like this movie. You like this movie. I, just, I remember liking this movie. I don't quite know where the hundred potentially hundred and sixty million dollar budget went though. This doesn't seem super flashy to me. Yeah, I cannot imagine. Like, I want to. I, I really kind of want to dig into the sources a little bit for this because they're saying um, the Vikings on film essay essays on depictions of the Nordic Middle Ages, um, <laughs> and they just talk about the possible range of budgets. I don't know, like. I have no idea where they could have spent $160 million. I can kind of imagine how they spent $85 million. Like, Antonio so, Banderas at that point was Antonio still... Banderas, is, is it Zorro? Is that a Zorro? No, it's 13th what? Warrior. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, this might be the biggest flop of all time, depending on inflation, depending on what the budget actually was. So I have it ranked at number four in my little list, but it could be the number one flop of all time. Oh, but it's such it's such a dad movie, isn't it? This is one of those like playing on TNT all the time. Oh yeah, like I guess that's fair. Like I never saw it in theaters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have no idea who would have gone to see this in theaters, but it was definitely one of those movies that was a staple of television for a good long while. Mm-hmm. And this okay, last one was ninety three. This one is about a hundred million deficit. Yeah, up to 129 million. Okay. Well, at least like 61 million is still like people went to go see it. Probably not enough. Yeah. I mean, so if um Pluto Nash was budgeted at 100 million, this one is estimated between 80 and 160. The question isn't really was this a more or less popular movie? It's where the fuck did that budget go? Because, like, I guess Antonio Banderas, even in 99, was a big headliner, sure, but he wasn't $100 million on his own, so what the fuck happened? So I think I can tell you what happened from looking this up. Um, This premiered on the same week as The Sixth Sense. 
Okay, that's because oh. that's what I was trying to do. I've been trying to go look at Box Office Mojo to see what, what was going on that week. Oh. Yeah. So that might have done it. It doesn't seem that bad. I did see yep. the Sixth Sense in theaters. I think most people did. Hence, yeah, this one might have gotten the wind taken right out of its mm-hmm. Viking sails. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's just unfortunate. Yep. Also, fun fact, uh, so far, and I want to see if this trend continues, so I want to put this into your heads. Uh, both the movies that you mentioned released in August summertime so i want to see how many more release in august because it could be you know just yeah there were better movies out at the time not for necessarily pluto nash but <laughs> that was the best movie of the decade right there i don't know. dare you to disagree yeah yeah and it was like number number two number three for a while number three over the labor day weekend so it's not like it wasn't being seen mm. yeah it's, it's the sixth sense thing probably killed it yeah okay. Yeah, that's unfortunate. I mean, I think it still gets a lot of love, so I'm not unhappy about it, but I do wish that it had been a better investment, because Michael Crichton's got a lot of good books, and a few of them have been made into movies. <laughs> Man, sorting this list is just so hard, because there's all these ranges where it's fuzzy, where it's like, well, I don't know what the number actually was. And so depending on how I sort, I get different movies. So um Let's let's see here. Which I want to find the ones that are more fun to talk about. Because do you really want to talk about the Nutcracker 3D? I don't really want to talk about the Nutcracker 3D. Was that a, was it a CG one? Yes. Okay. Hence 3D. Was it? Um, hey, they had the, the the Jason Jason 3D and the the red and blue 3D. The it, Jason it does, 3D. It, yes, I'm your sorry. data I'm, I'm stuck will in be code. done in 3D. I'm stuck in the code talk so much sometimes. Jason. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Um, yeah, the the old school red blue three D. So does not indicate time. Vincent Price had three D movies, didn't he? So come on. Okay, so let's. Uh, I'm just gonna jump around a little bit with the remaining ones here, just because I again, depending on how you sort, depending on what the box office might or the the budget might have been, depending on if there's including marketing, it all varies. It's really difficult. So jumping around a little bit. Um, did anybody here see Mortal Engines? Yes, way after the fact. Yeah. I never did, and this screamed, man, I should go watch this movie, and yet I, I never bothered. I remember hearing the concept, I remember hearing that it was based on a YA novel, and it was supposed to be like the next thing since The Hunger Games, and everything that gets labeled with that always fails miserably. But is this basically like, it's like speed, but in tanks, because they just have to keep moving to live. It's like speed and tanks with like Snowpiercer at the same time. Just too many random things. So, or maybe that's what I my head canon just to make it sound well, cool. Well, that I would have gone to see. So it's <laughs> it's a very fun movie. And I want to put one uh, sort of core concept from that film into your brains. And just let you imagine what that could mean. Uh, one of the principal conceits of the film is the idea of municipal Darwinism. <laughs> go on in this movie cities move and then the concept of municipal darwinism is born so there's like your description better <laughs> uh i mean yeah why why did they why did the cities have to move is it like a climate change thingy or is it just like resources like why i'm sure that that's part of it but it's all the classic motivators like Right to conquest and resource retention and population uh, migration and all that other good stuff. Um, one of the big predator cities, <laughs> because that's a thing, 
um, is London, and it moves around uh, the Central Europe space. Uh, actually, the beginning of the film starts somewhere in Germany or Bavaria, I guess. Um, and London is eating a little German village that is trying <laughs> to run away from it. Oh, why is my mind so dirty? No, actually, I'm going to... It takes a lot of effort to edit these podcasts, but I'm actually going to go edit in the Third Eye Blind song about London. Right about... <laughs> yeah. Nice. So what is it... I, I mean, I, I feel like asking you questions is probably way better than, than watching the movie. What does it mean to eat a city? Like, is it just like... Get in my belly, or like, what does it, it do? It, it literally is. Like, these cities move, but they also have these, like, big crushers. And so, like, imagine a big tank rolling down uh, a smaller vehicle, and it uses harpoons to grapple that smaller vehicle, pull it into a mechanical maw, and tear it apart for raw resources. No, I, I prefer to just think of two guys with Cockney British accents talking back. Hey, you know, hey, Bob, what you want to go eat for lunch today? I was thinking about going and getting a little German today. What are you thinking? <laughs> yep. Um, now I'm not just not going to watch this movie ever. So, yeah. And then, I want some schnitzel. Fire the harpoons. <laughs> <laughs> There's a, a whole conflict between these um, uh, municipal Darwinist mobile cities uh, and the old world static cities that are now very rare apparently and there's one that's built into this giant impenetrable wall there's a MacGuffin that they use to break down the wall and it's a big action sequence um, oh so we didn't hear the numbers but these numbers look bad oh yeah, yeah so what were the, the numbers this is another one it depends on its budget right because it grossed 83 million it had a budget of between 100 and 150, which seems like a really fucking okay, wide so, range. So, so do, does your spreadsheet break down domestic and international? Yeah, it does. Okay, because the domestic is horrible. Oh, 15, 15 million? Uh, hold on, I gotta jump back to that spreadsheet. So it made most of its cash not outside the US. Sorry, this one's not sorted. I'm, I'm looking at multiple spreadsheets. So yeah, I'm just gonna take your word for it, really. <laughs> yeah, well, let's see. Um, what was the production house? Actually, no, I just have worldwide on this particular spreadsheet. Yeah, so it's, it's estimated to have lost $175 million, but that depends on the actual budget. It depends on the marketing. Um, it's really vague. Yeah, I mean, the low number for the budget is $100 million, and its box office was 83 and a half. Call it 84, it's mostly, if you round up. That's not terrible, but then the high end of the budget is... Like you said, 150 million. I there's a lot of CG in this. I would be real impressed if they did all of that for 100 million. And they don't have like huge name actors in here, but they've got some reasonably large names. Um, let's see. Hugo Weaving is in it. Um, there's a couple of actors and or an actress that's big in China. I can see this doing way better in an international audience. So, this December 2018 release, also releasing that weekend, is a phenomenal movie, which I don't think knocked it down, but, uh, I mean, could have been a factor. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse? Mm, yeah. 
Well, this also had a staggered release worldwide. So it started out November 27th in 2018 in London. So if there's an English version of this movie, if there's if yeah if there's an international release for this, like uh, staggered this way, I don't know. If you were interested in it, you probably could have seen it without going to the theater. Just a thought. Oh, Peter Jackson was uh, one of the writers on the screenplay. Yeah, and he brought in a bunch of his production companies. This was filmed in New Zealand, so he brought in like mm-hmm. the visual effects guy who did Hong Kong. So he had a lot of a lot of sway on the behind the scenes. Yeah. I mean, it's a good-looking movie, and I don't think that it's uh, particularly bad. It's not a Hunger Games killer by any means, but, you know, if you like action, strong female protagonist, and <laughs> municipal Darwinism, <laughs> then it's, it's kind of a popcorn film. It's fun. Okay. Well, uh, let's... Let's keep on moving, because again, uh, depending on what list you look at, these are different, so I just want to do maybe another two or three, since it's supposed to be top five, but who fucking knows. Um, Did you guys watch Disney's The Lone Ranger? No. No. The one from the 50s? The one with Johnny Depp as an Indian? The one with Johnny Depp as an Indian, yes. My my (laughs) father loved The Lone Ranger from uh, the 50s. He loved that show as a kid. So he likes to talk about it and whistle the theme song. This was the movie starring Army Hammer and uh, Johnny Depp. And, oh boy, was it trying real hard to be the next Pirates of the Caribbean, and it did not do it. Yeah, I think that was the biggest thing. I'm like, is this trying to be Pirates of the Caribbean in the West, but not? So, Well, it was directed by Gore Verbinski, same guy. Uh, Not sure if the writers were the same or not. Of course, partnered up again with uh, Johnny Depp, produced by Jerry Brockheimer again, so... This was trying to be their, instead of pirates, let's do cowboys. So, I mean, I think they, they had the great concept, but, oh boy, that execution. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. People don't like knockoffs, you know? Like, even if it was the first thing to come out, would it be treated any differently? Probably not, because I can only imagine what the writing for that would have been like. Jesus. But, uh, yeah, when you're trying to do the same thing, but different cop onto that really quick and there's an automatic negative bias that you have to overcome well i feel like there's been i feel like this is the the first franchise that tried to be a direct we are going to try to ape pirates of the caribbean success and i think the next one was actually jungle cruise do you guys see that movie it's not on this list but no is that the one with uh the rock yes dwayne the rock johnson and emily blunt yeah, I never saw that. It should be on my list because it looked kind of fun, but... It's it's fun enough. It's fine. But it's, uh, again, if you just kind of break it down structurally and thematically and how many different subplots they have going on, it's like, wow, this is a checklist of... The formula and the structure is just supposed to be Pirates of the Caribbean. And I felt the same way about, about this movie, which I said well, I didn't see, but maybe... Maybe but I, I did see this? I don't remember. Can't, like, I can't really think of any, like... Mm westerns that have like been successful that were kind of like more of like kids target audience i know there's been like this kind of like recently and i say recently which is going to date myself with like 310 to yuma i think it's like the last big western that was kind of successful and whatever the netflix one was Mm -hmm. but i can't think of like westerns being like a thing at least within the past like decade or two what was the last one with um damn it uh, guy who says motherfucker a lot. Samuel Jackson? Thank you. Yeah, the Tarantino <laughs> one? Yeah, 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 the Tarantino one. 
How do like, we yeah, know I, mean, I, I consider that more a Tarantino movie than a Western. <laughs> okay, I guess, yeah, that's fair. Uh, when I think Westerns, I either think of the uh, the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, and that whole trilogy, or I think of uh, Cowboys versus Aliens. Wow, that's a split. <laughs> I know, right? Th- 310 the U was 2007, so... Uh, that's a long time ago. Oh, yeah. Oh, Brokeback Mountain. That was a Western, right? <laughs> I technically... <I'm> sure. <laughs> no, I definitely think of... Uh, Sergio, Sergio Leone's, uh, you know, Man with the No Name trilogy and Spaghetti mm-hmm. Westerns. I think of, um, actually, I think of Kurosawa ripoffs. I think of, you know, Magnificent <laughs> Seven as a, uh, as a Western. I don't know. Um, I, I guess we're all old enough where we don't think of anything in terms of, like, John Wayne and the Pilgrims and shit. Tarantino <laughs> honestly has made some of the best Westerns because he made uh, Django Unchained and he made... Which, which hotels did he make again, Tom? Say again? Which hotels did he make again, Tom? Which hotels did he make again? <laughs> I'm sorry. That was just a horrible joke. I don't understand it. It's okay. Enlighten Someone me. out there is going to get it. Oh, Best God. Western. Best Western's a hotel. Oh, train. you son of a... That, that was terrible. <laughs> Why did I know? That was so good. Just... <laughs> oh, man. <sighs> yeah, yeah, I feel like Westerns as a genre is kind of hard now. Um, that was not a particularly well... Uh, what's the word? That that time period doesn't age too well in public memory. It's it'll be interesting to see, like, if I could make a random prediction that's probably nowhere going to be accurate or, or whatever. Um, the weird vibe of like trying to make things a little bit more diverse, and also with the cultural inaccuracies of older movies, I think there might be an eventual renaissance of like more more westerns but with more diverse characters people because like the whole like didn't aren't weren't most cowboys black i think i've seen a lot of stuff well, no, i was about to say most cowboys they... were black and hispanic yeah, yeah did they just so I... make a movie starring idris elba on netflix where like the entire cat it's a western and the entire cast is african-american yeah that's what i'm saying like i, I think like like movies like that might have yeah. some niche somewhere and gain some like whatever like i I, like all i remember is like some netflix western got some good you know thumbs up but that's who knows so yeah yeah Yeah. now i think uh uh, unless you're setting out to you know tackle it head on westerns as a genre have uh some baggage that you got to take with you and if you don't handle that particularly well you're going to get destroyed from every angle Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't seem like on the face of it, it would be a good place to invest for a movie, but there's still, there have to be stories to tell in that setting, in that, uh, you know, genre. So maybe you're right. Maybe we'll see that resurgence eventually. Um, I think it's still going to be a while. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. All right, so let's uh, let's move on. I want to talk about uh, two more movies, I guess, just from these lists. So the other one, and this and Lone Ranger are basically the same. So Lone Ranger may have actually, no, actually, uh, just by box office gross, made money at the theaters, but apparently the marketing campaign sunk it for $200 million. Uh, the next one is actually basically the exact same. John Carter of Mars, 2012, uh, a year before Lone Ranger. Uh, budget of $260 million, worldwide gross of $280 million, but... Again, apparently it lost over $200 million in, in marketing. Um, so I, th- these are just much less interesting to me than the ones that, like, literally, here's their budget, here's their, their box office. But 
Yeah, so John Carter, huge flop, which really sucks because it was made by a director who did um, uh, Finding Nemo, Andrew Stanton. He came, this was his live action debut. And I actually did see this in theaters. It's based off the really old, what was it? Oh, 1912 uh, books of John Carter of Mars or Princess of Mars or whatever. Starring Taylor Kitsch, the action star that, man, I don't know why everyone was betting on that guy, but boy, <laughs> his star set quickly. Um, Bless his heart. Yeah. Oh. But uh, did anybody see John Carter of Mars? Because this is a really fucking interesting movie. No, I want to talk about it, but I also have to back up a hot second because I just remembered the best Western of all time. <laughs> <laughs> the one in El Paso that we stayed at for Roll's wedding. <laughs> yes, but also Wild Wild West. Wiki Wiki Wild Wild West. I want to know the spread on that one, box office versus budget. But uh, only because we were just talking about westerns and I didn't want to get too far away from it. I want to talk about John Carter too. Sorry. Well, no, but like, the problem with Wild West is that this isn't a critical uh, examination. This is a purely financial examination. So Wild Wild West ain't nowhere here, bro. That movie made money. Yeah, I want to see how much though, because it was is, it was a stupid movie and I loved it. Oh is, man, is John Carter still a Confederate soldier in the new one? <laughs> yes. Okay. I do, actually I'm not sure. Is he Confederate or is he a Union soldier? I don't know. No, pretty pretty sure he's a Confederate soldier. Ooh. Just looking at the Wikipedia. Wild Wild West might have made money. 2012. Its budget was 170 up to 240 and its box office was 222 yeah for uh rolls right former uh cap army captain of the confederate army <laughs> yeah anyway th this movie oh, yeah. like An i think andrew stanton's an awesome director i think that um finding nemo and wally -E are my two favorite uh pixar movies he made both of them um andrew stanton was actually uh brad bird's like right hand man and protege and brad bird started on the simpsons then again made a bunch of the pixar stuff so like these are some of the best animated directors and animation directors in the history of, of cinema um and this movie just has so many weird creative choices like all these weird made-up languages that are just like biz I, I just can't even think anymore but like bizarrely kill the place like willem dafoe is playing a cgi alien that jaron carter is talking to and they're like it, it, it sounds like a joke from a Simpsons episode. You are the most, you know, Parthic Tartar to ever lead the Wadar Bar. Like, there's, it's like, it sounds like a South Park gag. Um, it's just, is a it weird trying to movie. be Avatar before Avatar? When does Avatar even come out? Uh, next, do you think? There's a trailer. We could watch that. No, no, on the, the first, the first one. Oh, I don't fucking know. That was before this. Was it before this? Yeah. Avatar was like 2009. Yeah. 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 So this was two, this was two years before Avatar. I've, I haven't seen it. I don't know. Anyway. It didn't look super interesting. Yeah, and uh, this is another huge box office flop, but Andrew Stanton's awesome, and this is a really interesting and weird movie. I don't know what they were thinking creatively when they made some of their choices. Did they okay. think it was supposed to be a comedy? It's supposed to have comedic elements, like all the... Were they... There's a love story, and action, comedy, and an alien played by Willem Dafoe. What's not to love? It had, like, an alien that was basically, like, a pitbull dog type stand-in i think i don't remember is it like they filmed a comedy and then realized oh shit this was supposed to be a drama this whole time and went back and cut it up and re recorded some dialogue or i don't know i don't know either okay so uh moving on last one i wanted to mention um like is this number six i don't know whatever and again <laughs> this depends on how you cut the the revenue and how you figure this all out 
But I wanted to mention Mulan, the 2020 live-action remake of the animated movie. This had a $200 million budget, and it grossed $66 million worldwide in theaters. Now, I don't know, I don't have in front of me if that was because it did or didn't release in, in China, and that hurt the box office, but wow, that is, uh, when you lose $130-plus million just straight off the top before marketing, Oh boy, that's that's not ideal. And again, this isn't a statement about how people have thoughts on which one is better. I don't know. I don't care. I don't even actually think I've seen either of them. But um, with just raw budget to box office, according to my calculations, the Nutcracker 3D is the only one that tops Mulan of just raw box office to budget well, Delta. Is, is this the, I want to say the third or fourth live action Disney remake thing oh that's a great question yeah i think i think, I think it right. was at the tail end right so like mm-hmm. don't remember exact order but like pretty sure what lion king beauty and the beast i don't uh, know if there was Aladdin. another one or not Aladdin. lion king is not fucking live action it's entirely cg i love that we all call it live action but it's not yeah so arguably yeah, this was uh, the third what okay whatever people people consider it whatever the, the non-animated non 2D no, animated, non digitally animated, what, whatever. <laughs> you know, you know what I mean, right? It's just basically <laughs> the the remakes. Um, but I think like after like the first couple, um, people like just generally like realize they're not going to catch them, re- recapture the magic in this format. It's not going to be as good. And I think um, deal breaker for a lot of people was kind of half joking, half serious. Um, it doesn't have the little red dragon buddy. No, and if you don't have the little red dragon buddy, why was would that, you? Was that see voiced by Eddie Murphy? Yes. Oh man, yeah, missing out. Um, yeah, no, I I remember I, I watched Mulan and Beauty and the Beast, and they are both kind of weirdly rough, and I can't quite put my finger on exactly what it is. Like with Beauty and the Beast, I thought that it was um, uh, just the stiffness of what's her name, <sighs> Emma Watson. Yeah, Emma Watson, and she's not a bad actor, uh, and I think. You know, in hindsight, even in Beauty and the Beast, she was as good as she could have been. I think it's really just down to that story doesn't do very well without the animation <laughs> behind it. And the it's same just, it's just not is, as fun. Yeah, the same is true and, for and, Milan. And everything looks creepy. That mm-hmm. that candle, creepy as heck. Yeah. Not fun times. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Mulan was kind of the same way. Like, they changed a lot of the story beats uh, for the live-action Mulan. And I think that that probably helped their case but it wasn't nearly enough um honestly just would have been a way better movie if they didn't tie it to the milan brand which is basically raya and the last dragon yeah there you go (laughs) so yeah all right well there you go dear listener those are some of our biggest box office flops uh ever we could maybe revisit this in some other order year decade whatever but, man, this shit is hard to calculate, is the moral of the story. Yeah, what's the machete order for worst box office performances? All right, well, dear listener, before we get to the news, of course, we have to do our sponsor of the week. Uh, really, I think I put you on the spot multiple times now. Zach, who is our sponsor this evening? After these messages, we'll be right back. Touchstone Pictures isn't on this list. <laughs> Touchstone, not box office bombing, not because they're not trying, but because they don't have the budget. Touchstone. <laughs> they need your money, guys. Go kickstart them again. Touchstone. All right, well, uh, that out of the way, let's get to the news. 
gentlemen, we have a bunch of stuff in the old news Slack channel today. Do you guys want to watch some trailers? You want to talk about some some crypto crashes? You, you can sh- hear my phone bit binging in the background. Oh my god, look at it go! Yeah, it's your crypto. It's trying to get your number. <laughs> Why won't you call me back, Tom? Says Litecoin. <laughs> well, what uh, uh what do trailers do we have? I feel like there are some good trailers. An oh, Avatar Way of Water. I have not watched that one yet. I have very little in the way of hope for that movie. I kind of want to watch it just to make fun of it. Well, I think we have to watch it then. Really, are you down to clown? I'll watch it. Show it to me. <laughs> Put it in my face holes. Show me what you got. My orbs will pursue uh, it. Hold on, I have to move from the Chromebook over to the laptop, and I gotta find the links, <laughs> and this is so much work. God. I could probably grab it here. If you want to paste it into uh, Mumble so I can hear channel Zach linked to you dot com. Well, there you go. www. All right. Everybody ready? Yes. It's called the way of water. What the fuck were they thinking? All right. Let's go. Well, that was their H2 second title. <laughs> uh, that was... Plessing play in three. Keep keep workshopping it. Thanks. Live on mic. Plessing play in three, two, one, play. So which way does water go? Down, right? That depends. Are they in the northern hemisphere or the southern hemisphere? What's the difference? (laughs) It goes down. Is this is this footage from the first movie? Are they just replaying footage at the start of this trailer? I don't know. This seriously just likes like footage from the first movie. Blue cat people. I mean, it looks it looks new. Yeah, this is new. Is it is that a good sign or a bad sign that it looks like the first movie still? They were just like, we got it right the first time. Why fuck with it? I guess this December. I will, I will say, honestly, like, I saw the trailer already, and, like, I am more intrigued by that robotic spider than anything else in this entire trailer. <laughs> Wait, what are you talking about? The robotic spider. That was welding things on the... whatever. Wait, were those feral humans? Are we just doing a, a plot flip here? Oh, that's hilarious. I know but, like, I was trying to remember, I thought humans couldn't live on... I mean, is the planet called Avatar? I don't even know anything about this movie anymore. It's been so long. Uh, I thought people couldn't live on the planet. Yeah, they were... like, everything was toxic. They were, like, wearing masks and shooting this, a bow and arrow, I guess. This might be a different planet. Fortress. Yeah, the trailer didn't tell me anything about the movie other than it's going to look great because it's a James Cameron film, and of course it's going to look great. Yeah, I guess... I think I might know less about the movie now. I don't know. It just it doesn't look interesting to me. I've never quite understood the hype behind Avatar in the first place. I don't know why oh, they no, thought that, making that, that a second easy. one that was a good easy. idea. The hype, the hype was easy because I still think it's probably the best 3D movie ever. But it's I, more I of like a tech. It's more of a technical feat than a. I really like the plot. I really like everything. Like, mm. I, f- I feel like that movie was like super predictable and kind of boring. Other than like, wow, those little particle effects sure work really well. Yeah. All right. I mean, I guess. I guess I can get behind that. It's like 
in that half of Pixar's movie. Yeah, no, well, I, yeah, but, I disagree with Ruli. It was the first three uh, only 3D movie that made everything look like it had volume. It was just visually yeah. stunning. And it was just Dances with Wolves in Space. And I'm cool with both Dances with Wolves and Space. So I, I we got to watch guys in mechs fight effectively giant blue kaiju. I was cool with this movie, guys. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's fine. I guess it was just like the reception that it got even if it's impressive technology didn't seem quite in step with what it was i i can get being excited for oh man this movie looks fantastic and it is very pretty i didn't think it was you know biggest box office of all time pretty but maybe i'm wrong i guess I mean, it was, whether you like it or not, James yeah. Cameron did officially tweet at the Rousseau brothers on congratulating them beating his record when they had, you know, a, a what, a 15-movie franchise behind them in order to do it. Yeah. Uh, James Cameron's insane, man. I think he's just an incredible filmmaker. I could still watch Aliens on repeat every night of the week and be happy. Yeah, no, not knocking it, really. Just it seemed so weird to me how much attention it got, given what it is. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it is just Cameron, like... No, but it's... Well, not only that, though, but, like, also, like, a couple of, like, the, the movie podcasts I listen to kind of talk about, like, for being such a th- big thing, like, it never even got into, like, the cultural zettergeist. Like, I can't even think of, like, any Avatar memes that were, like, you know, associated with anything. You know what I mean? It's just, like, like random movies, like, uh, some of the Jason Peele stuff, like, uh, what is it, like, the, the, the Deep Place, or, like, random stuff kind of enters the cultural, like, terminology, but, like, what does Avatar have? Like, I can't think of anything at all. It's just weird. The Song Place. There we go. Sorry. I'm all over the place on this one. Yeah. You're not <laughs> wrong. Like, yeah, it didn't have a ton of staying power in the meme-averse. Like, everybody knows it, but nobody talks about it. That's weird, right? It's like the Fight Club of movies. <laughs> <laughs> it's a better Fight Club than Fight Club. <laughs> First rule about Avatar is we don't talk about Avatar. <laughs> okay, so uh, m- moving on here, we also have the Resident Evil, Evil trailer, the Netflix show that just dropped. Apparently there's a, a Stranger Things Season 4 trailer I never saw. Do you guys want to watch another trailer too, or do you want to switch your Wait, answer? wait, there's a new Resident Evil TV show? Guess what we're watching. What? It is out now? No, no, the trailer. It's a Netflix oh, show. The trailer, the trailer okay. just dropped. Okay. I know nothing about this, so this sounds interesting. Did anyone see the movie that came out recently? There, there was a Resident Evil. No. I'm going to take that as a no. <laughs> there was? I didn't even know there was. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Oh, yeah, no. I, I want to say last year there was a in, in theaters. Well, that's weird. Why? <laughs> Beats me. Well, that's why I was saying there's a TV show. <laughs> okay, well, I just uh, dropped you guys the link. You guys ready? Yep. Yeah. All right, three, two, one, play. July 14th. Jade. And this is like Billy and Jade, welcome home. City. New 2022. Raccoon City. 2022. Oh, new Raccoon City. Okay. So I never understood movies like this were like, or, or like, we had the zombies the last time. We're going to do it again, but better. London 
The little bear. <laughs> I mean, the production values look pretty good. Like, it's not super cheesy like some of the movies have been. Yeah, it just, it just looks fine. I'm just kind of played out on zombies, but it looks fine. But, Ruli, really, you're the resident expert here. You gotta weigh in, bro. Pun intended. Um, oh, no, wow, like, okay. that was so good. I wish I'd have done that intentionally. Um, Resident Evil has always been one of the franchises that is, like, so completely, utterly lost and doesn't know what it's doing. Um, they've got, like, a whole bunch of, like, CGI stuff going on. They have the movie that literally came out, I want to say, last year. When did that movie come out? I have to see this. Was it 2021? Dude, I literally didn't know there was a Resident Evil movie last year. So this Yeah, is yeah, no, there was, there was Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City. What? Yeah, 2021. How much money this is? Oh, jeez. Okay. Yeah, so, like, they, they've got so many branches. They've got, like, the CGI movies. They've got, like the remakes going on in the video games it's just like it doesn't know what it wants to be like oh the, the original movies like i say original loosely that didn't follow anything they were fun movies but they're like they didn't really feel like they followed anything in resident evil at all other than zombies and umbrella that was about it like just i don't know it's it's a mess i don't think i would even watch this this the series just because i don't know what it's gonna be and i don't care yeah. Well, if Ruli's not watching Resident Evil, then what even is the point? The games have been... The new games have been good. Village was cool. I didn't finish it, but it was definitely cool. <laughs> you sound like me. I like this game! I'm not going to finish this game, but I like this game! <laughs> Alright, well, uh, gentlemen, we have plenty of other stuff in the, the news list here. What else do y'all want to talk about? Um, I do want to talk about one thing I mentioned in the chat. Um, Google I.O. was yesterday... And they teased a new tablet that's going to come out in 2023. Um, I kid you not, like, I think every year I'm like, I really want a good Android tablet. And I dust off my Nexus and I charge it and I use it for a little while. I'm like, this is nice. And I'm like, my iPad's so much better. (laughs) And I go back to my iPad. Um, I don't really know what they're trying to do. Because it's like they abandoned that space pretty hard. And as far as like tablets go it's either ipad or really horrible cheap kindle or whatever the amazon one is which is good for kids um but yeah i I don't know what they're trying to do like or they have that other like chromebook like what is it the like the chromebook that was like a like a slate i think or i'm probably mixing microsoft with whatever but um that was like a tablet but it was still like a chromebook and that was kind of like their their flagship i guess tablety thing but not really a tablet you know which one i'm talking about uh no i they have the Chrome yes. books. They have the Chrome. No, but I can't think of their names. I vaguely know what you're talking about. Go on. Yeah. So it's like, like what is uh, Pixelbook? There you go. I think Thank like you. the Pixelbook had a, had like a tablet version, but like I don't I don't know like what what market they're trying to target. Because like yeah, who wants to pay a thousand dollars for a Chromebook? Um, I don't know. It's and the fact that they're teasing it and it's not even to be available till 2020, 20, uh, 2023. It's just weird. I'm like I, I'm I'm excited because I'm I do miss the days of the Nexus tablet, but also it's like it seems like the I, time has passed. I so. loved my Nexus Seven; that thing was so great. That was my favorite little tablet. Loved it to pieces. Oh man, um, yeah. Looking at a summary here of the the Google I/O 2020 uh, 2022 recap, this really just does seem like Google is trying so hard to keep to catch up to Apple's successful devices. Oh, they're they're, they're, they're going to come out with a watch, guys. Yeah, isn't, the, isn't that the, exciting? The, the Pixel yeah. Buds Pro. The Pixel Watch and then a Pixel Tablet. It's like, wow, guys, you are just 
competing one to one with well, the Apple product slate, which I mean, that stuff's not even new. Apple tablets have been around for forever. Apple Wops around forever. So this seems like really slow catch up on Google's part. Well, there was um, <laughs> so the one of the other bits was the Pixel 6a is dropping the headphone jack. And this is after like even last year, <laughs> Google was making fun of Apple for not having a headphone jack. And now they're like, yeah, now nah, 6a is is dropping the headphone jack. And there is an article somewhere that I read, and the first line of it uh, was, first they laugh at you, then they copy you. <laughs> and then goes into, yeah, Google's dropping the headphone jack. I'm like, yeah, no, that's kind of summing up this Google I.O. for me. They were laughing at Apple and iOS and other products, uh, and just looking down their noses at them like, you fools. And now they're doing the exact same thing, only they're way late to market. <sighs> I don't know. I'm so disappointed with Google lately, just in general. Yeah, they, they're they an interesting company. Not to say that much. Yup. They don't seem to be innovating the way they used to. A lot of their products, I don't think, excel quite the way that they used to. They are much slower to do things than they used to. They're just very corporate. They still have top-tier products that they create. I still think Android is a, a top-tier, you know, uh, mobile operating system. I still think that Google's search engine is second to none, though there's the others that are trying to catch up. Mm-hmm. I still think very highly of Google as a whole, but they just aren't what they used to be. And I'm frankly, I'm not using Chrome anymore. Google's privacy stuff, well, I yeah. use it for Google products, but outside of that, I use Mozilla. Um Privacy concerns me more and more, and Apple's been doing better and better. So it's just a weird, interesting world we live in with Apple, Google. But we don't I, even I think like. Uh, well, I, I do want to add a little bit more, though. I think that um, the fact that um, "killed by Google" is a meme that is still exists, and yeah. every time I look at it, it's just like, "What's next?" So, guys, it's... I I know more about that than I'm legally allowed to talk about. Like, let me tell you about being frustrated by Google killing things. Well, like, I I have this pre-perception, preconception, um, without a whole lot of hard data behind it. My impression of the way that Google seems to want to operate internally is trying so hard to be an incubator for new great things uh, that they disincentivize the hard work of maintaining software, like to an extreme. The only way that you have a successful product launch that has any kind of staying power used to be uh, the rumor or the meme or whatever, true or not, that if your your new product at Google didn't make a billion dollars in its first year, then it was on the cutting room floor pretty quickly. That sort of cutthroat internal competition for resources, ideas, technology to try and build the best thing uh, or at least the most commercially successful thing that you can or risk the whole thing being scrapped is super counterproductive it turns out because if you cannot incentivize the just maintenance of things then even if you did have a success, it's going to be short-lived. And the yeah. only thing that seems to be you know, getting any kind of good attention for maintenance is their search algorithm and maybe Gmail, which I can't <laughs> even think if that if Gmail has had an update in the last like five years. It's, it's UX is, is so sad. It's yeah. so 
old Cause, cause I'm, so I'm looking at the, the killed by sight um I, I i didn't know they killed google cardboard which i thought was like one of the cooler kind of entry-level vr things i guess that didn't take take off my computer reminds me every time of a startup that backup and sync is killed because I used I was using that to like for like the photos and stuff. I I I'm guess it's replaced with something. They they upgraded the drive app and it's so much better than it used to be. So actually, I'm not going to complain about that. But but everything else on Drive is still crappy. Yeah. <laughs> how no. are they? Uh, other than ads, how are they making money? <laughs> I think that's it. Like at this point, the only they're an ad company at this point. And they started out that way. And tried to not be, but like their cloud is garbage, their other service offerings are terrible, their hardware, it turns out, just isn't as cool as it once was. Um, I, I don't know. I'm, like I said, just really disappointed by Google lately. Yeah. Uh, well, okay, gentlemen, you we're... know what? Sorry. I, hold on, hold on. I do know how they're making money by people like me and Tom who don't want to see ads when we watch YouTube videos. Yes, 10 bucks a month is absurd and I shouldn't pay that. <laughs> um, all right, gentlemen, we're approaching the hour mark. Uh, is there any other news headlines you wanted to go over before we call it for tonight? Uh, no. Let me double switch through the... Oh, switch price drop. Yes, the original old-school non-OLED switch is dropping 40 bucks, I think, down to $260. Um, you can still get a, a switch light for $200. Unbelievably affordable system. I love my switch. Um I won't Nintendo fanboy out yet again, but uh, I did start playing the game Rogue Book, indie game, just came to Switch. Oh, um, yeah. I just, I love the Switch, guys, and just dropped 40 bucks. It's great system. You know, I saw an article recently about uh, Nintendo talking about their next console and how it's going to be a real challenge, uh, mostly because the Switch has been so successful, so they were like, we can't just do Switch 2. I, not, I, what do you mean they can't uh, do Switch 2? The, the freaking Steam Deck is Switch 2. Yeah. They're just going to make a better... I, I think they just have to do Switch 2. Uh, they, yeah. We've talked about this before. They uh, combined their handheld and their home markets together, and I don't think that you can pull those back apart now that they've been merged. Mm-hmm. And they're not ever going to compete on power against uh, PlayStation. They're not ever going to compete by, on cross-platform capability against Microsoft, Xbox, and Windows. Yeah. So I feel like they have this one niche market, and I think that you have to make just a more powerful tablet with backwards compatibility for the Switch. And I think I think they need to think simple. And this is why I'm not an executive at a company. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> the the challenge for them isn't you know what they should do. What they should do is build a fucking marketplace that functions. What they should do <laughs> is have first party support for multiplayer, um, you know, over the internet. And they've made strides there, I guess. And you're right. What they should do is switch too. But, but since like the NES and the SNES and maybe some of the handhelds, uh, they are much more banking on novelty to sell their next chunk of hardware than anything else. Like every console that they put out is different in some unique way that makes it just gotta have it territory trying to do that after the switch i can understand being a challenge like they nailed the switch but they've they've it's been very hit and miss for them right uh the wii huge success the wii u horrible failure the switch huge success um when you go back prior to that i think it's just a different story altogether with the gamecube and 64 but like the wii u was a huge miss um and i don't think they can afford to do that again especially again now that they don't have 
two different consoles to lean on. The 3DS was almost a huge miss because they were trying mm-hmm. to iterate from the DS, and it was the the 3D novelty that was the failure that drove mm-hmm. the price up. So I just I don't think it's in their best interest to try to no over innovate here. It's not. It's absolutely not. But there's that's the that's the thing. It's the difference between what they should do, which seems pretty obvious, and what they want to do, or at least yeah. seem to want to do. And resolving those is the challenge. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know what they're gonna do next. Um, I hope that it's interesting, <laughs> at the very least. Or at least I I hope that it is successful. Um, I think. You know, there's a lot of criticism that you can levy at Nintendo in lots of different areas of their business and practices, but overall, they're, you know, a cornerstone of a gaming industry, and that's not undeserved. They do a lot of good stuff, too. Yeah. Really, anything to add and that you want to wrap us up on? Um, I have more Nintendo thoughts, but I feel like the future of Nintendo is its own subject in itself that we could probably at least talk for another hour on. <laughs> All right. Well, so I'm just going to, yeah. I'm going to be, I'm going to just stop myself. Well, well. Uh, in that case, that's the perfect segue. Dear listener, thank you so very much for joining us. We'll be back next week. I think all three of us to talk about the future of Nintendo, apparently. Is that, is that the plan, gentlemen? <sighs> no, you were supposed to go see Doctor Strange. They are about there. I'm going to try and see Doctor Strange. I still how need is to it, see Spider-Man. How is it that I saw Doctor Strange and you all have not? I don't understand this. You're a better nerd than Zach and I. I have to schedule stuff multiple days in advance. We're what? (laughs) We're busy watching Star Trek. I am busy watching Star Trek. (laughs) (laughs) It's so good. Um, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, hey, Zach Ruley, thanks again. Uh, thank you for um dropping and coming straight back to the podcast. It was still it was still great, even though we had chores. So thank you for all uh for making the time. (laughs) <laughs> definitely you're welcome it's fun thank you Tom alright dear listener and until next time don't try to reinvent or over innovate your QQs yeah that was the, that was the Nintendo <laughs> thing and I usually overdo it and I fuck it up but I didn't fuck it up this time I just said QQs it's fine it's fine this is fine this hey, is fine speaking of Steam Deck um, you guys both have a reservation on that right yeah it still hasn't gone through I check my email like every other week same so I do, but its delivery is now Q3. I'm not surprised. It was supposed to be Q2, but now it looks like it'll be a year since I put my, my $5 down or whatever it was. Yeah, hashtag not remotely shocked. No, not even close. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm fine waiting for it. Yeah, no, I'm not missing it at this point. Hey, with, with what the economy's doing right now, gentlemen, let's just be happy we're even talking about getting our you know novel consumer electronics. <laughs> <laughs> god help us yeah i do wonder if we're in a lot of trouble guys i mean i don't think it's T- gonna Tom, be as this, bad as the last recession this i would say this isn't our first recession <laughs> this isn't our first uh what's it called doomsday event i've i've gotten pretty dumb to the world is collapsing already i'm like fine i guess yeah well, and even the housing stuff, like the principal driver for housing prices right now is literally low supply. This isn't speculation or, uh, you know, bad underwater mortgages, subprime stuff. This is just shit's hard to come by. We're not building enough. Um, something's going to break, but it's not going to be the whole economy. And even with the inflation stuff, this is, 
yeah, it's big and kind of hairy, but it's also a pretty overdue correction. So not the worst case scenario for everything, but it's going to be interesting for a little while, and then things will start to go back up. I don't know, Line guys. Go I up. think, I think the uh, Republicans are going to win the midterms. I think Trump might come back into power in 24. I think there's already fires here in L.A. again. Uh, like oh, yeah. Luna's, Luna's on fire. Man, I, fire season just gets earlier and earlier. Yeah, dude, I am just less and less optimistic about the future of this planet on a regular basis. For Elon sure. Elon saying he's going to reverse the Twitter ban on Trump. I just... <laughs> I'm losing so look, it, y'all. It, I'm it's not the future it. of the planet. You just gotta live the next uh, forty or so years, thirty, forty years, whatever, whatever your age is. I don't know how old you are, Tom. You're not. You're not forty, are you? You're not forty yet. I'm working on it, Roll. <laughs> In my heart, I'm like turning fifty. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> they my... say age is a mindset. I'm fucking old. <laughs> <laughs> I, I started working out again recently, and my Garmin thinks that my fitness age is fifty-nine. So, yeah. Yeah. Let's see. Steam Deck Sing thing says your expected order availability Q2, April through June. So. Man, now I get to decide whether or not I want to leave all of this in the uh, in the podcast or cut it off. Yeah. Hey, dear listener, thank you so very much for joining us. Please always remember that any views expressed on the podcast should be taken in context and are representative solely of the person expressing them. They are not representative of their friends and family, their co-hosts, their co-workers, and certainly not of their employers, past, present, or future. So again, thank you for joining us, and thanks for respecting our individuality. I just got bored. Everybody out.